Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the right funding for your business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and we're back again with Jerem Morris, co-founder of DataTech. Jerem has been telling us about the best practices for a business to follow to safeguard their data and assets. In the last episode, he mentioned the importance of training employees, preserving data backups, and utilizing hardware to protect your business. Today, we'll finish our conversation about what other cybersecurity practices are necessary for a business to follow. Going into uh, another uh, essential here is, let's say that you've done everything you can. Like I mentioned at the beginning, no system is perfect. There is no 100% guarantee protection from an issue. Anybody that says that they will 100% guarantee that you're never going to have a problem isn't being honest. Mm -hmm. that, that's the reality of, of the world we live in. So let's say you've done everything you can. You, you've done your due diligence. You, you hired an outside IT consultant, you have solid backups, everybody's playing their part and still something gets in. Because mm -hmm. let's say Microsoft has a zero day vulnerability um, or Intel. Intel just recently re announced that yes, they do have a vulnerability on one of their processors. Something like that happens that's really outside of our control. Mm -hmm. Somebody does get in and you do have an event that takes place you want to then rely on your cybersecurity insurance, which is a, another item here on our list of five. Cybersecurity insurance will not protect you from having an incident, but it will shield the functionality and the longevity of your company from the financial burden that comes with this. When a company does have a cybersecurity incident without insurance, they now have to pay for all the legal fees, potentially a call service or a center to now notify your clients that their information has been compromised, any lawsuits that might come from that. Uh, the downtime, you have employees that, you're, that you are paying that now cannot work because of an incident. Mm -hmm. You now have to pay an outside uh, party to come in and get you back up and running if possible. There's all these fees that add up very quickly. And cybersecurity insurance is designed to not eliminate those processes, but to pay for those processes mm -hmm. so that you yourself aren't on the hook for potentially business ending amounts of money. Right. Right. Yeah. And isn't another benefit of cybersecurity insurance or cyber insurance is um, that they like they'll kind of require you to do some audits on, on mm -hmm. what you have in place, right? They'll kind of set your premium based on how good are you or maybe not even accept you mm -hmm. as a client if you don't have certain things in place, right? And so I think, I think I understand that's one of the benefits is it kind of helps give you your checklist of these are the things to do, which is probably redundant with what you, your services you guys provide, but perhaps um, if somebody isn't outsourcing to uh, IT security company like yourself, that's a benefit the cybersecurity would also provide them is help them. Is that? Yes. Yeah. So I'd like to explain it this way. When you get life insurance, they come out, they take your blood, they get your weight, they ask you, have you ever smoked, drink? And they, they want to protect themselves. They're a business. It's the same with cybersecurity insurance. They want to come out and they want to look at your systems. They want to see what you've done. They'll, they'll do an audit. They'll even do what's called a pen test, a penetration test on your system to see where you are vulnerable and where you can improve. 
and then they will either accept or not accept you as a client. Make mm -hmm. these changes and then we'll, we'll bring you on. It's a great benefit to go through that process, especially if you do have an in-house uh, IT or a consultant like us, you are now double checking their work right. and you're making sure that what they've done is up to par. And we like those pen tests because then we can say, hey, look, we are doing our job. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, look, we could improve here. Maybe there's some internal discussion that can happen at that point. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's good for everybody. And a typical pen test will probably run you around 15 grand, just depending on your environment, of course. Whereas cybersecurity, they'll typically do that pen test for you at no cost. Um, and then you have that insurance policy as well. Mm-hmm. We are big proponents of cybersecurity insurance. Excellent. And then the, the last thing that I, I think we'll go into is talking about having somebody uh, or having, having a company like us in your back pocket. Having a, an in-house IT or a third-party consultant like Data Tech are similar in some ways, but also vastly different. Uh, an in-house IT person typically is overworked, typically becomes the fall guy for a lot of things, and they're one person. They will get really used to your infrastructure and the way you do things, and they will, they will over time adapt to that without ever being exposed to other things that other companies are doing. You have more benefit in using an outside uh, IT resource because you have a whole team of people. You're not relying on just one person that may be sick may mm -hmm. need a holiday, may, you know, may want to leave the company, whatever it may be. You have a whole team of people to rely on. You also have a, an IT consultant that is involved in lots of different businesses, involved in a lot of different infrastructures where they have seen things done in so many different ways and they can make better recommendations for your environment instead of being stuck in one mindset of, dentists and this is how all dentists should do it mm -hmm. they may know nothing about how accountants run uh, or or doctors and now hipaa compliance because mm -hmm. they're not involved in those things mm -hmm. so having having an outsourced third-party it consultant has those benefits um, having a third-party uh, it consultant also gives you um, involvement um, we we data tech take a different approach than a lot of MSPs or managed service providers take. We don't like the break fix approach. We don't want you just to call us when something's broken. You're stressed, we're stressed, you want it done, we feel like we have to perform, uh, you want it done now, we're trying to hurry up and learn your system and fix it at the same mm -hmm. time. More mistakes are made that way. And there's more of a feeling of nickel and diming that goes on as well. Right. It's just not good for anybody. Whereas when we take the proactive, preventative, managed approach, we are in your system daily. We're managing your backups. We're aware of the systems you're using. And we can step in even in places that may not really be our, our responsibility, but we can help fill that gap. For example, at one of our clients, one of their managers was out uh, sick one day. This just happened a week ago. And, uh, and this manager is the sole person that's responsible for a piece of software. And as they onboard new employees, they have to configure the software for them. Because we're involved on a regular basis, we're aware of this software. We're aware of the ins and outs of it. We even helped teach that person how to use it. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. we're in this all day. We're, we're just more IT 
software fluent than the average person. Sure. So when they were out sick, there was somebody that needed to be onboarded. And we were able to do that. Within five minutes, they had a password, they had credentials, they had the proper permissions. Instead of waiting for this person to be better and then come back into work, instead of missing two or three days of productivity, they were able to get up and running that day. Mm-hmm. And if we were in a break-fix approach, I'd get a phone call, I'd have to learn the software, I'd have to figure out what kind of permissions they need so I'm not giving them access to information they're not supposed to have. Mm-hmm. It, it makes things take a lot longer when you're when your IT consultant is not involved. Yeah. So our experience, you've, you've touched on a few of the things that I see as great value. So I'll just share from our, our perspective, using your firm, for example, as our outsourced network administrators mm-hmm. and, and security administrators, uh, that helps us from a standpoint of we do have, you know, our, our insurance company has an IT uh, department that has um, full-time employees to to take care of kind of the programs and the day-to-day things, but we don't have a need for a full-time network administrator slash security administrator. And being able to have you know our system in and out because you're regularly working uh, with us but but at a, at, at a m- many fewer hours mm-hmm. a, in a month than, than you would be if you were a full-time employee and at a much lower cost than mm-hmm. it would cost us to have you or someone with your qualifications as a full-time employee. And you have a backup, right? Mm-hmm. So so you've got a team behind you. So there's there's real value to that. So I think it's very efficient financially for us to have an outsourced expert in uh, network and security administration that gives us all the benefits of that it doesn't happen often fortunately but every so often you know that secu- that that server goes down mm-hmm. or power to the the home office goes down mm-hmm. and and systems have to be rebooted and because you know our system so well you don't have to learn it we don't have to bring you up to speed or anything like that you you, <laughs> you know it better than anyone else anyway and so you're able to get us up and going quickly and there's a lot of value to that i think it's it's a it's a win-win for sure I appreciate that. We, we do all that we can to make sure that our clients are, are being taken care of. Just to take a step back and, and look at us as a company, we have X number of clients and we have contracts with those clients for X number of hours. So I know how many hours total that we are contracted for. So I now know how much manpower we really need to cover all of that. So we're constantly making sure that we are fulfilling Hey, do we have coverage for everybody? Do we have an after-hours emergency contact? Do we have weekend coverage? There's a lot that goes in on the back end for us to operate efficiently that our clients never see. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we enjoy this. I, I enjoy, to an extent, <laughs> waking up in the morning <laughs> and, uh, and being needed um, <laughs> uh, when it's not an emergency. <laughs> um, there's a fulfillment that, that I enjoy helping other people. And our culture as a company is based around that. We are really a customer service first company and an IT second. That's how we view ourselves internally. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, that's great. Uh, your, your needs will vary greatly depending on the size of your company. You may have five people in your company. You may have 150 people in your company. We help a wide, wide range of companies. And depending on your circumstances, that will affect 
how many hours do you need a outside uh, IT consultant for? What do you need them to do? What responsibilities do they really need to uh, to uphold on their end? Mm-hmm. You you may be a large medical billing company that needs twenty four hour support that has people in different countries that that needs a bunch of virtual machines that needs HIPAA compliance that needs fraud detection and all this other stuff, or you may just be a small dentist office with one dentist and two assistants, and you just want internet and you just want your dentist software to function. <laughs> right. uh, so we we adjust our expectations based on your needs, and we we try to understand what your expectations are in regards to what you really need. A lot of companies will come to us thinking that they don't need a lot when they actually need a lot. And on the flip side, some companies think that they need a lot when they don't need a lot. Mm. They just need a little bit of here and there. Maybe they've done a good job on their own. They just need a little bit of love. They just need a little bit more to get them to the next level. Fill in the cracks. Exactly, exactly. We will do anything within that scope. Mm-hmm. We, we have clients that we do absolutely everything for, and we have lots and lots of hours. We basically have somebody there full time almost. And we have other clients that we may visit once a month mm-hmm. on site. So it, it really depends on what your needs are. Right, right. And one thing I think is amazing is with technology these days, you can provide technical support remotely. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go on site. I mean, you, you just... Here, let me take control of, of your computer and just say I give you authorization too. And all of a sudden, you're, it's like it's like I, I don't even have to get out of my chair to have you sit down and, and fix whatever needs fixed in my system. I can watch you do it. Yeah. And, and oftentimes we can do it while you're working. You don't even know that we're on your computer making adjustments. Um, <laughs> That's a little scary. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there's pros and cons to that approach. We like being able to remotely do 98% of what we have to. But on the client relationship side, going back to customer service, it, it turns into more of a transactional relationship when it's like that because there is no face-to-face. Uh-huh. Uh, so what we do is we visit all of our clients at least once a week on site in person, even if there's nothing to be done. We visit them. We talk with them. We, we double check in on a few things, follow up on some stuff, talk about life, ha- have a real relationship with them. And what we have found is that those on-site visits actually bring up other conversations about things that they had forgotten about or they hadn't thought of yet. So it gives us a chance to really consult and see how they operate, what their day-to-day is like, and then make recommendations. If we're strictly remote, then you don't really have a face to put on that IT guy when you are frustrated Mm. or when you're happy. But if we're visiting you in person, then there's more of a relationship there. Uh-huh. And that, that's my favorite part of what I do. I love computers. I love IT. But I, I love having relationships with clients. Uh-huh. That's great. Excellent. Well, my experience and our company's experience is you do a great job with that. And, and, and we really value that. And I hope and I trust that our audience agrees with me that this has been very valuable and insightful. And are there any other uh, concluding recommendations or summaries or parting words you want to share? Oh, man. Um, There's a lot to IT, uh, just like with any profession. And to condense it down into just a few words for, (laughs) for everybody, I can't stress this enough. 
IT really comes down to trust. If you don't trust whoever it is that's responsible for your, for your IT infrastructure, then I would recommend looking at it again. The reason why I say this is because your IT really holds the keys to the kingdom. They have access to everything. They're responsible for your backups. They're responsible for preventing access to your network. They set you up with VPN access. They, they configure your email. They do everything. They touch every part of your company. If it's not a good relationship, then it really bleeds into other parts of your business. And you start to question things and things start to fall apart because they're not being done. So trust really is a, a big deal with us and, and our company. Mm -hmm. That's my, I guess, my, my closing words. Excellent. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. It, it really is. It's the, the skeletal structure of your entire company is the IT system. There's no getting around it. Maybe, you know, 50 years ago, it might have been your accounting system or something. Your, your, your books mm -hmm. might have been it. I don't know. But these days, it certainly all comes back to information technology and and our topic today being kind of focused more on what are the risks mm -hmm. that businesses are, are facing with that, but it really is a broad uh, relationship that, of trust. That's, I appreciate sharing that. Well, thank you, Jerem, so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. And if any of our audience want to get a hold of you to be able to ask more questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, so you can, you can reach me directly uh, on my cell at 480-620-6761, or you can email me at jerem at datatechaz.com. I'll spell that because it's hard to spell. Uh, it's J-E-R-E-M at D-A-T-A-T-E-K-A-Z.com. Jerem, J-E-R-E-M, at datatech with a K, T-E-K-A-Z.com. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. After listening to all the advice Jerem Morris offered, I feel like I cannot emphasize enough just how important it is to be proactive when it comes to cybersecurity. One of my key takeaways is the necessity of cybersecurity insurance. Generally, when we hear insurance, we'll think about health or life insurance, but Jerem gave important insight into how insurance is there to help cover the massive costs that can incur if there is ever a data breach. My other main takeaway is that it's crucial to have regularly involved IT support. If you have an IT support company that is familiar with your processes and your software, then they can first help catch data breaches and second, if it comes to it, help restore losses that may have recurred and do this in a very timely basis. Talking with Jerem only reinforces how important it is to regularly check in on your data and ensure that you are proactive with your cybersecurity. Thank you for joining us on Funding Quest and we'll see you next time.